one set. Rolling. Action. Hello. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of In Cut. And welcome back to not a movie review, but better yet, one of those regular episodes that we love doing. And yes. today's episode is... Our senior thesis is... Now, I want to preface this by saying uh, we have been absent for a little bit, nah. and that <laughs> that is largely due to the fact that December was absolutely insane, very crazy, very hectic, as I'm sure it was for a lot of you guys. Um, but for November and December, we also did this little thing called a senior thesis, which mm-hmm. took up both of our heads um and our lives (laughs) so we figured it'd be fun to do a little recap on what it was like to have our very first directorial debut um he's making a movie as well as i am making a movie they're short films um and we're very excited to share the process with you guys Mm -hmm. um so first off we're gonna start talk about your film because you filmed it first. Yeah. Um, so why don't you tell the audience what a senior thesis film is? And I guess we'll make this kind of a two-parter. Yes. <laughs> and we'll do my film this episode. Next episode will be posted in a couple of days with her Me. film. Yes. Uh, but a senior thesis is a thesis, which you do in every single major that you do. It's the yes. final project for which you've been preparing your entire college career. For the to, most part, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to be done in your last year. Yep. That's just the bare minimum of a thesis. It's like your graduation project kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Graduation paper, graduation um, investigation, whatever it is. Yeah. But for us filmmakers, it's a film. It's a mm-hmm. short film, less than 10 minutes, a topic of your liking. So what we have to do is a pitch a an idea that we want to accomplish and then actually make it into like um, a script uh, with shot list, with budgeting, uh, equipment, all of the behind the scenes paperwork that needs to happen first uh, to then in the second half of the first semester actually make it into a film and go through the production of it. And obviously with your storyboards that you're supposed to have done in the first mm-hmm. half uh, with your actors and everything, you actually film it in the fall semester, uh, late fall semester mm-hmm. in your senior year. Uh, and then what we have, I don't know if you should speak about this right now. You or, can mention it, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. so next semester that starts uh, in like 20 days or so, huh. <laughs> <laughs> we're supposed to start editing this film. And editing mm-hmm. is not only picture locking, which is like cutting the scenes together and putting them in a timeline. It's also color coding and color correcting, I mean, um Sound editing. Sound editing, yep. everything that needs to be Including done. Including marketing, that. submitting it to film the festivals. The credits. All the crediting. So all of that will be done yep. in this upcoming semester, and we should be done somewhere around middle March. Like March, April yeah. at the latest, I think. With like the picture in. look yeah. at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, early April will be done with the rest of the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's like the very idea of uh, what a senior thesis is and what we had to do during the semester yeah awesome thank you for describing that i hope that makes sense (laughs) to everybody that is not a (laughs) film major um welcome to our life basically (laughs) um so tell us what was your film about yeah so my film 
it was a pretty heavy topic. I always been really into telling people's stories mm-hmm. uh, and telling reality as it is and trying to portray ideas and things that happen in real life that many people have not seen from other people's experiences. Right. Uh, and me as an immigrant uh, that came to the United States, uh, thankfully by an airplane, we wanted to show something that many Americans have not seen, which is mm-hmm. immigration, especially immigration of people that have to cross the border. Uh, so that is what my film centers around. But then I started digging into what I wanted to do with that, and I decided to go with what they have to experience when they're actually just crossed the border and got caught uh, by Border by Patrol. Border Patrol. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in this case... They were unlucky and got caught by a, border, a bad border patrol officer mm-hmm. that started harassing them and just mistreating them. Uh, so it's like this short um, that starts once they're, once they're already caught mm-hmm. uh, and it ends... Uh, Don't spoil anything. No, no, no. But it <laughs> ends only a few hours after, mm-hmm. they, like in real time, uh, a yeah. few hours after they're caught. Um, so that's like the premise of it. Uh, we're centering around a, a son and a mom. Uh, those are, are my two main characters. And then I have uh, the other people that cross the border with them and the poli- the patrol officer. Mm-hmm. Those are my other characters for a total of uh, five people in the cast. Oh, nice. Uh, well, six people if you count something. But five people, five <laughs> characters. Something that you're not allowed to know about Five yet. characters, shall I say. <laughs> right. So, taking into account that you wanted to tell a pretty heavy story, mm-hmm. what was your writing process like? So, this idea actually came about last fall 2021 when we were in London. We had this script writing class. Playwriting. Playwriting class, <laughs> and we had to write a, a play, obviously, about something that we're passionate about because mm-hmm. uh, our professor always told us that we should write about something that we know that way we we can like better tell the story uh, so I wanted to write about immigration back then uh, and I was really excited writing this play obviously I was really tired but the idea started then mm-hmm. and um, I decided to work it, work around it for my senior thesis and keep up with it I had to make a couple changes because the play we were writing was a full play. We were supposed to write the first half of that entire play. Um, So obviously I had to work around making something that would have been like 90 minutes, put it down to 10 minutes. So obviously made a few changes, but that's when the idea first came about. Mm -hmm. And I just decided to move on with it and... I mean, hopefully make it... I'll tell you later. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Did you also like talk to people about it because i know you mentioned that you've you've discussed um the immigration issue and what it's like to actually cross the border mm-hmm. like did you take a lot of inspiration from people's actual stories oh yeah it for as well? sure i did a lot of researching mm-hmm. in, in the news uh, is a big thing that helped me a lot because mm-hmm. if you go on google you can look up the news of many of these people that have experiences in which their kids die for example crossing mm-hmm. the border in which they're caught and sent back to other countries. So there's a lot of that in the news themselves. Uh, but I also know people that have had this experience and, uh, and my own family has had this experience in the past. Mm-hmm. So I have that um, first-hand uh, storytelling uh, to help me move forward this story. But yeah, I talked with people. I research, I did my research uh, and I try to 
because since I didn't do it myself, I wanted to be as truthful as possible. Right. Which is kind of interesting, mm -hmm. though, because when I was pitching this story uh, at the beginning of this past semester, my professors uh, were somewhat like, would this really happen? Like, would mm -hmm. the patrol officer actually be like these mean? Like, this just seems really unlikely. But then talking with people that have had this experience uh, have actually told me that I could have won. I could have gone much crude and I could have been a uh, worse. I guess worse and more wow. realistic because they've had like that's just the tippy toes of uh, what they went through in the past and how far things can actually exactly. go in that scenario. Wow. That's horrifying. I know you guys that haven't read his script or like heard anything else about what other what he just said, but I I myself felt the same way when reading it. I was like, "Whoa, you're really going into it." Like I feel like uncomfortable almost as if mm -hmm. I was put in this scenario. So knowing the fact that people have said to you, "You could have taken it farther." Yeah. That's horrifying. Like these things happen and they they're not just a one off right kind of thing they happen to most everyone that tries to cross the border and it's mm -hmm. not mostly not just that one bad police officer that gets mm -hmm. you it's it's just what happens and that's just life and the, the experiences that i have they have to go through mm -hmm. uh, and it's not only that they're bad patrol officers or anything which most likely they are but uh, it's also part of their job to be mean because mm -hmm. uh, i guess they have the duty which just it speaks volumes of uh, the government, I guess, mm -hmm. uh, and how things are run. That's very interesting. Wow. So going into the the pre-production <laughs> process, for those who don't know what that is, it's basically all the stuff you do before you actually go and shoot mm -hmm. the thing. So what were some challenges that uh, you had, if you had any challenges at all when doing this? It wasn't too, too challenging because I already had the idea mm -hmm. uh, taught out. Uh, I think the first challenge, obviously, was making it into a, a less than 10-minute piece. Right. Uh, but, I mean, my initial idea was uh, two friends that became friends, two kids that became friends mm -hmm. in uh, in this uh, facility in which they're kept after getting caught. Mm -hmm. uh, but, obviously, this... Um, relationship would have been much harder to form in these 10 minutes that I had. Right. Uh, and also, how do you get out of a facility like this uh, in those 10 minutes as well? Mm -hmm. So I just worked around it and I made it a relationship that we all recognize immediately once we see it on screen, a son mm -hmm. and a mother. Uh, it's something that you see it and if they're holding hands or if they're hugging, you immediately know that the, there is that relationship, so I don't right. have to build that not anymore. Mm -hmm. And I also made it that instead of them being in this control facility, they're now uh, waiting by the patrol officer's car mm -hmm. uh, to be moved to that facility uh, and what happens in between their car and between their move. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. So that's another thing that helps me uh, move along with this story. Uh, so finding what to do in that scenario was the first uh, challenge that I had to go through. And then I think the there I say the biggest challenge was just finding uh, my actors mm. uh, it's it, it went really interestingly because uh, as I was writing this in the first half of the semester uh, I think back in September I I guess I had the misfortune uh, because it's just sad that things like this happen, but I guess it was also a, also a, a good thing that it happened. Mm -hmm. I 
walked past this family that uh, had just crossed the border, went to Texas. From Texas, they were sent to San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And from San Francisco, they were told that they can find heaven in Boston. So they were just booked a ticket in, in a plane and sent to Boston, mm -hmm. uh, where no one, no one was expecting them, no one was ready to welcome them in their house or anything so I walked past them and I, I just went back and talked to them and see how I could help and because of my job I was able to uh, pull some strings together and bring some people in some really great people that helped us well mm -hmm. uh, but obviously I was telling this family it was um, the stepfather the mother uh, and four uh, kids mm -hmm. so I was telling the stepfather this story because obviously we, we got to talking right and and i told him my told him my, my idea and he was like if you don't have me in this film i'm gonna feel offended because i literally <laughs> just went through this right uh, so it just happened to be in that scenario in which i found someone that literally a week ago went through this process mm -hmm. uh, of because they left colombia walking all the way from South America, like through South America, mm -hmm. all the way to the U.S. Um, so they knew what it was like to to be in those shoes. And they were so down to be on my film. So I used uh, two of their kids, the mom and the stepfather, are all of my actors. So that covered mm -hmm. almost all of my actors, uh, yeah. which was uh, great. Uh, I love their family. Uh, they're really close to my heart now. And... We we still chat. Like I just got a text from the mother uh, wishing me oh, nice. happy New Year's and thanking me for everything that happened. Mm -hmm. So I I will say they're my friends uh, at this point. But then I also had the challenge of finding an older uh, Latino guy mm -hmm. that was able to convey this emotion that I need him to uh, for free. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah preface we don't have a that budget. we don't have a budget. We don't have any money to pay these uh -huh. guys. Yeah. So it was like, how do I find a really great actor that is an older Latino man? Like, that's too specific. Like, right. almost too specific. And, and there was this one guy. I was running out of options because all of them were in, in whatchamacallit, unions. Hmm. And so I had to struggle with them and be like, oh, I'm in a union. I cannot do it. But there's this one guy at the end, and he was like, "Yeah, I'll do it. I don't. I have no problem. Just give me water and food." <laughs> so he was great. He's been in a couple uh, ads. He was in an ad with Zendaya. He was in Black Panther. Wow! Uh, look at you. So yeah, he's, he's a really cool guy. That was my my older dude. Mm -hmm. And then I also had to find a white man to play the patrol officer. That was pretty easy. That that, that was. I had like five different submissions for that one, mm -hmm. and I just had to go with the one that. Um, gave me the better feeling and it right. just went great it mm -hmm. was a great team that we had it was That's funny because awesome. the the older men spoke spanish and english mm -hmm. the family that i was working with only spoke spanish and the the the, the patrol officer only spoke english so it, even then they became friends like the patrol officer was oh, cool. just hanging around with the kids taking photos uh -huh. it, it was a great vibe it was a great vibe gosh i wish i was there for the whole day on set. <laughs> i only saw like a little tidbit of it so, going into shooting, what do you think went great? What I just said, I think... Uh, that whole, like, acting process. Even the even the translation issues, the, mm -hmm. the language barrier was not an issue. Because I think, yeah, once you're into the country, depending on where you're at, if you're in Boston, for example, we're going to try to welcome you as, as better as we can, as mm -hmm. much as we can. Uh, 
and you can tell in the film set that we were all just having the time of our lives. We were mm-hmm. just having fun. Obviously, trying to stick to working because we had to. It was a twelve-hour day that day, so at the end we were really tired. Yeah. And so the connection between my actors, I think, is what uh, hit the home run in that day. That's great. What about like the crew that you had? Were they the really crew was cool? killing it. I <laughs> had uh, my friends, obviously, uh, James that has been in this podcast in the past. And uh, Delia was also helping us. And Which I don't know if you guys have met yet, but she will be on a future episode. She will be in a future episode, yes. And, but then I also had uh, two um, junior girls mm-hmm. in the set. Um, one of them was my cinematographer, and the other one uh, was just like hands-on helping everywhere. And, like a PA. Yeah, and they both killed it. That's awesome. And they were really sticking to, to the role and really trying to send this home and... And I'm really grateful for that. I also had my filmmaking teacher from high school and his son. They both came and helped the first day for a little bit and just showing their support. Mm-hmm. And you came for a little bit, not to crew yep. on it, but you came with your parents. Just to watch, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, it was really great to have That's that crew. Awesome. What went wrong? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Too <It> was- much? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it was a 12 hour day. Yeah. And we started bright and early with my monitor not taking 4K because we were filming mm. on the Blackmagic 4K. We were filming in Blackmagic 6K, but obviously we didn't want to film 6K. There is no need. So I mm-hmm. went down to 4K and my monitor could not take anything more than HD, Ultra mm. HD. But even then, if we went to Ultra HD on the camera... It still wouldn't take it because it's like, oh, but you can film 6K on this monitor, on this camera, so I'm just going to die. <laughs> so <laughs> the monitor didn't work, and I don't know if, if you guys ever worked with a Blackmagic or ever seen a Blackmagic, the screen is pretty tiny. Right. So me having to be on top of Sarah's, my cinematographer's uh, shoulders, trying to look at what's mm-hmm. happening, it was kind of difficult, and we had to go through that during the entire day. Yeah. But again, she she was really on her feet, what she was doing so uh, looking back at the footage um, it wasn't really much of an issue mm-hmm. after we got going but then when nighttime came because I needed some shots at night uh, the lights that I had I knew I didn't have anywhere to plug lights in mm-hmm. so I had requested this power generator that more than a power generator was just like a big power bank mm-hmm. um, that couldn't take any more than like 100 watts or something like that in my lights my lights were like 130 watts or something like that <sighs> so the lights could not be plugged in i had no Gosh. light whatsoever uh, and i had this small uh, wand which mm-hmm. is just like the ones that you see in a classroom that uh, go on the on the ceiling but this one was power generator just like the tubes mm-hmm. uh, so we used that in flashlights from the phones it didn't look bad that actually it didn't out. look bad at yeah. all like obviously it was a lot of work trying to mm-hmm. figure out how to actually make this look good. Right. Um, but I think we did it. I think we accomplished mm-hmm. it. And obviously, I mean, I look back at the footage now and, and it, it worked great, mm-hmm. but obviously it could have gone better. Right. Um, but I think what we did um, shows a lot of effort. Again, I mentioned uh, your location as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. So my location. <laughs> that's, a, yeah, that's another issue. Yeah. Um, James was helping me a lot with uh, sound he was the boom operator uh, but many times we had to be on standby because obviously I had to find a place that resembled 
the border and I had the perfect location. I was at the Bell Isle Marsh in East Boston and there's this one spot that you see no houses behind because there's this really big vegetation that covers everything and it's just like dead grass and everything. Mm -hmm. So it looks perfect for the border. Right. But it's also a mass port has their air rights for that place. AKA the airport has the air rights for it. Uh, so airplanes will be coming every two minutes and we had to be on standby. And then the train station is right next to us. Yep. So whenever we didn't have to be on standby for an airplane, we had to be on standby for an, for a train. But we walked around it and... and I mean, I'm surprised. That would have annoyed me almost immediately. It kind of did a little bit. But right. the good thing is that it will be like 10 minutes in, in which airplanes will come uh, every two minutes. But then mm-hmm. there will be half an hour in which an airplane will be like once... And, That's good. Yeah, and the trains, the trains were only an issue every now and then because the boom mics that we have are um, not omnidirectional, mm. uh, so they will only get so much of right. what they're pointing at. Uh, so it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, is there anything you wish you could have done differently as a director? As a producer, first I will get different mm. lights. Okay. That from the get go. As a director. No, I think I'm really happy with the experience I had and uh, to have this opportunity to just be on set and get down there with the actors and be uh, mm-hmm. uh, talking with my crew and everything and just like working around it. Uh, I think it went great and I'm really grateful for that. So no, I don't think I would have changed anything. Uh, there were issues uh, that obviously we could have done better mm-hmm. looking back. But all of those issues uh, have taught me what to do for the future. Right. They were all learning experiences. Exactly. So mm-hmm. we'll just keep it that way. Yeah. What do you think, like, you've learned, like, overall <clears throat> through the entire experience? Like, your main takeaway? Just prepare as much as you can, obviously. But once you're on set, things are going to go wrong, most definitely. So you just need to be on your feet and know how to come up with a better, a better solution right. and come with a, a good product at the end of the day mm-hmm. and, and not just give in to the frustration because things are most definitely going to go wrong in every set yeah. and you just need to know what to do and you cannot just stay on that air and right. and be like, oh, okay, I'm done. I'm I'm leaving. Goodbye. I quit. Like, exactly. I can't handle it. You have yeah. to keep going. Like, mm-hmm. like they say, the, the show must go on. Yeah. And you need to figure out how to do that. Awesome. Are you, like, happy with how, like, the footage looks I overall, then? I am so excited. Yeah? <laughs> I'm so hyped. Um, yeah, I mean, this, in a couple weeks, I'm going to start editing, mm-hmm. and I'm super excited because I want to send this to uh, as many film festivals as possible because I, this film is actually a proof of concept that right. I have. I remember you telling me about that. Because uh, I want to make this film an actual uh, feature film, mm-hmm. uh, a regular movie per se so I want to show the people that these um, experiences happen mm. uh, in that it's an idea that we can take further and, and actually show more what actually happens at the border and more yeah. what happens when you're an immigrant and more what mm-hmm. happens uh, when you're caught at the border uh, and how those experiences are lived mm-hmm. um, so yeah I'm really hyped and I just want to get in there I'm giving myself some time because I want to relax and look at my footage with fresh yeah. eyes mm-hmm. but definitely super hyped to 
to go down there in Ede for sure. That's great. So, so that's what you're like most excited for, I would say, the next semester. I don't know, because I feel <laughs> like if I could just go and teleport to the point in which I'm done editing, mm-hmm. ready to submit to film festivals, I will do that, because I think that's what excites me the most, and and see where I get with it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That is exciting. <laughs> I can't wait for it. I'm excited for you. Yeah. How do you feel knowing that you've um, just filmed your directorial debut? I mean, I've, I've directed some stuff in the past, but yeah, this, but this is, is way more big. important. I know. This, <laughs> it just feels too big. Yeah. And I don't want to call it my big break, but what if? <laughs> you never know. I yeah. mean, you say you want to submit it to every festival you can. That yeah. can help a lot. Hopefully, I'll get it to so many good places. And... And get someone to take the idea and help me mm-hmm. move forward. And I can help you along the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all the questions that I have. Is there anything else you want to say to our listeners about your film? Well, stay tuned for sure. It will most likely, if you follow us uh, on uh, that film couple on YouTube, we'll most likely be uploading our senior thesis in there later on uh, when summer comes around. Mm-hmm. Uh, so stay tuned for that definitely look into it um, and yeah just thank you so much for listening to my little rant <laughs> <laughs> well that's it for this episode you guys make sure you stay tuned for part two of our recapping that's when I'm going to go into a deep dive on my film mm-hmm. which I'm also very excited about so stay tuned for that but thank you all for listening make sure you follow us on Instagram as well at and cut the podcast you can also follow me at Kate Johnston 622 and you can follow me at Sewas Alip on Instagram is that it? Yeah. you're good to go? yeah perfect thank you so much for being here <laughs> and we'll see you in the next one and, and-